and welcome fellow lighting nerds and friends to another episode of The Light Files, the lighting industry's podcast. My name is Lisa Bartlett. Thank you so much for joining me again. A few housekeeping notes at the top. Don't forget to follow Light Files on Instagram at Light Files so you can know when all the new episodes are being released. But uh, right now my my routine is to have episodes up every Tuesday morning, first thing, on all the major podcast platforms. If uh, you have a favorite pl- platform that the um, podcast isn't appearing on, just send me a message and I'll make sure it is up there as well. I also launched a Patreon for the podcast, patreon.com slash lightfiles. If you're interested in supporting the show that way, um, you get extra episodes, some merch, fun things. Um be sure to go check that out. And again, as uh, people join the uh, Patreon, I'll make sure to uh, make it worth your while and get you a lot of great content and hopefully have even more engaging dialogue there. So um, that's my housekeeping at the top. I want to say how much I appreciate the overwhelmingly positive response I had to last week's episode that I called uh, Independent Lighting Showroom Stress. I was... And still am, but I was certainly very concerned about the future of my business that, quite frankly, I'm obsessed with. Um, (laughs) I think those of you, again, that know me, um, and hopefully everyone uh, listening to this knows me, and if not, can't wait to meet you. Um, (laughs) But uh, y'all know that what I do every day in owning the showroom is... It's just the most important thing to me. I absolutely love and adore it. There are so many challenges. Every day is different. It is just, it is, it's just like my child to me. I have one human child, three fur children, <laughs> and then my store. And uh, my store is super important to me, and I love it. And uh, so I do worry a lot about the future of the lighting showroom independent lighting showroom distribution channel specifically. Uh, I just know that there are so many challenges in our future. I know um, how reactive and uh, visionary we need to be at this moment to make sure that we make it through all the future hurdles. And uh, sometimes I'm super inspired by the challenges. Like I can't wait to get up to work and tackle the day. Uh, And sometimes, like last week, I was just feeling snowed under by the challenges, and I was like, I just don't even know. (laughs) Part of me wants to just throw the towel in, call it a day, uh, because I'm just not quite sure how we are going to be able to do everything we need to do to be successful and profitable long term. Um, And just, again, that outpouring of uh, support and positive messages and good energy. Hopefully everyone felt that in the universe because um, I sure did. And it um, really just made me, reminded me yet again how much I love this industry, the people in it, how great everyone is uh, when we can communicate and be on the same page and play uh, as teammates um, rather than an adversarial relationship, if we really focus on the team nature of everything that we do, um, it, it's such a great industry to be in and so supportive and so wonderful. And I just can't say enough good things about everyone that was even just a, you know, a quick little note, like you got this uh, really just elevated me. And I hope um, 
I hope that elevates everyone else. So anyone that I stressed out by my podcast last week, let me tell you, (laughs) you got this. We can figure this out. We can make this work. We're gonna find our way through whatever obstacles come at us. And we are going to be the amazing businesses that we are and really move forward through the next, I don't know, foreseeable future of being a strong enterprise, great businesses, successful entrepreneurs, we can do it. Uh, Will it look different than the way our parents did it or our grandparents or the people before? Sure will. It's going to be different. The mom and pop, uh, not mentality, but a mom and pop operations. And I mean that in the kindest way possible, if I can interrupt myself, Um, not that I ever do that. Um, mom and pop is not a bad thing. I think it's like the core of America in a lot of ways. These small businesses started um, by families that that grew, you know, withstood the test of time, and they're still in existence run by children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. I think that is just truly amazing um, and wonderful. And I hope my Uh, store passes on to another uh, owner after me. I hope it doesn't, you know, I hope this is just an ongoing thing forever and ever. Um, I think what I mean by mom and pop or what I mean by mom and pop is that uh, small vision, small focus mentality, uh, that's something that's got to go away for independent lighting showrooms to succeed. We really have to elevate our businesses, elevate our brands, operate as the professional um, needed businesses that we are, because I've never met a person uh, in the industry that was, you know, just had it all together. And I've never met anybody who wasn't just professional, top of their game, understood so much about how lighting works, all the technical side, all the sales stuff. Um, I, I just meted a tremendous amount of amazing people who have all of that. Um so I, it's really just like elevating our brand as an industry, not just every individual showroom, but in uh, elevating the independent lighting showroom brand, um, I think it's just super, super important. I started, we kind of did a little series of these videos, uh, quick videos with the LSA and um, the Lighting Showroom Association, and we're going to get back to them. But a lot of them were focused around this concept of like, why lighting? And they were consumer focused, right? It was, uh, we did these videos so that any uh, LSA member showroom could put this content like unique and special onto their own Instagram, Facebook, whatever feed, and uh, just reinforce this message to customers, whether they're retail uh, customers, designers, uh, you know, homeowners, uh contractors, you know, all of the customers that we serve, uh, but to reinforce to them why lighting and the rest of that is why lighting showroom as opposed to the internet or wherever. So we're going to kind of get back to doing those, but uh, it's just so important and critical that we live up to current expectations of the world. And that expectation from all consumers 
is a little more glossy. It's a little more polished. It's a little more custom tailored to everyone's individual needs. It, it's not uh, just open the doors and the sales will come. It, it It's just a different world and operation. And I think this is intuitive for all of us in the industry uh, to, to move forward and grow. We can't be what we were. We have to really embrace the new future, the new way the world operates um, with online and uh, you know, manufacturers selling to direct to the trade and all of the other obstacles that you you might envision um, for your showroom. It's not certainly not like our death knell, but it certainly is a challenge for us and something that we have to be working on all the time. Um, I was talking to somebody this week about. Uh, showrooms and how we can improve and be better, you know, just talking about this for like from a positive light, like problem solving. And uh, they mentioned that uh, it seems like training is a a bit of a problem on sales staff in uh, the showroom. And, you know, maybe go and do like a rep maybe would go and do some training for somebody. And then like three months later, the employee that they went and did this special training for doesn't work at the showroom anymore. And I said to that person, like, well, this is really two sides of the same coin. (laughs) And honestly, it is a big struggle for independent lighting showrooms. Uh, The LSA, we've had, um, we did a Zoom call about this on uh, Facebook. We started a job board specifically for the independent lighting showroom community, um, which I'm looking forward to growing uh, over the rest of this year and into the future. Um, when we launch our new website, there's going to be, which will be right around June light of Asian. Uh, but when we launch the new website, there's going to be a job board functionality. Um, and so I'm super excited for that for all of us, but, um, this like challenge and training and challenge and staffing two sides of the same coin, right? Um, it's really hard to express to someone in a job interview, what it's like (laughs) to sell lighting and how complex it really is. Like, even if I'm interviewing somebody and I'm just saying, you know, whatever your background is, this is just going to be a lot to learn. There's no two ways about it. It's going to be a huge, you know, a huge uh, learning curve. And everyone, you know, it's a job interview, of course. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Totally good. No problem. Um, I did recently learn of a tip uh, in like putting a job listing on Indeed um, for a lighting showroom specifically, if you're looking for a salesperson to throw in some questions that are relatively easy and can be researched on the internet. Like the first thing that comes to my mind is how to size a, a dining room chandelier for a table and um, to put those in your like indeed job listing and if no if the applicant doesn't take the time to answer that like uh question the quiz <laughs> uh, to just don't even look at the resume um like if they didn't take the time to research it and have interest in it at that level to just not even bother moving forward don't even look at the resume and be you know tempted like oh they might be so good just move on that seems to ring true to me because it is so hard to explain to somebody all of the millions of little pieces of information that they're going to need to know about the sales job that is actually very technical and unexpectedly technical. 
uh, salespeople that do it well make it look so easy, <laughs> like there's nothing to it. <laughs> but the, but there's a lot that goes into it, and there's a lot of knowledge you have to build up in your head. Um, my sales team will come to me and ask me a question, and I'll answer it off the top of my head, and it's like, how did you know that? And it's like, well, <laughs> I'm really not a genius. I've just trained myself to be a lighting encyclopedia, and I keep it in my head. And do I know everything? Sure, of course not. There's still plenty of things I have to look up. But um, it, it it's just a lot. And a lot of people aren't expecting that. They just think, oh, lighting, that's easy. Uh, I flip that switch on the wall, the light comes on. How hard could this be? I just have to sell the pretty things to the people. It just turns out selling the pretty things to the people is the easiest part of the job um, and takes the least amount of time. It's everything else that goes with it that is super time-consuming and super critical, and uh, it you just have to really be engaged with the job to learn it. So you hire somebody, and you think they're going to do all this, and you ask your rep to come in to do some training or, or whatever it is, uh, anybody to do some training, you uh, or you uh, do the ALA courses, you know, you purchase those and you spend outlay this money to get somebody trained and on board. And then, you know, six months into it, they're like, this really isn't for me. I can't get into it. I don't enjoy the product and they're out. And that happens to a lot of us. Or six months in, they still want the job, of course, and uh, it's just not a good fit because they're not picking it up the way they need to. They just can't wrap their head around it for whatever the reason is, and they, uh, you know, are let go. And so then the showroom has invested all of that time and energy and everything into training that person, and it feels like it was just a big fat waste when they're gone after six months. So from the showroom side, I know I can speak, by, this is true for myself, Having been, been per burned <laughs> on the training and the leaving and this didn't work out, uh, I'm probably not doing as good of a training program for my new salespeople as I should be. And that's not good either. Like, there is so much to learn. The first few weeks, I should really be buckling down with new salespeople. And we do to a certain degree, but a little bit, we just kind of toss them in and coach them and guide them. And I, I work through some training exercises with them. Uh, I make sure their salesmanship is up to par, but it's, um, yeah, it's just not the training program that I really would want for my store. I know some showrooms are able to do a really great training program and I'm super envious of that and I need to get one going myself, but, um, right now I don't have to hire anyone, but maybe soon, but, um, it, this is just really a kind of a critical point, I think, that we all need to think about in showrooms and those of us that support showrooms. This lack of a training program and this challenge in the industry of hiring somebody that really is going to get it and get into it and enjoy what they do and become a lighting nerd. <laughs> I just, I love that term. I'm sorry. <laughs> I take a lot of pride in being a lifelong nerd and I'm okay with it. When now, when I was 14, was I okay with it? No, not so much. But now I'm good. <laughs> There's a lot of benefits to being a nerd. But these things go hand in hand. And it it's just a challenge. And, you know, which do you try to solve first? Do you try to get your training program going? Do you, you know, work on how you hire better? I, I'm sure the answer is this is a simultaneous thing. And um, I look forward to us being able to maybe put together some best practices 
for hiring that people have discovered over the years and uh, like specific to lighting, not just general hiring best practices. Any of us have the internet, we can look those up, but really focusing in on how to hire somebody for the lighting showroom. Um, It's just a different beast. And those of us in the store really need to not just be good at selling the pretty things, but we need to be technical experts too. We need to be able to help our customers troubleshoot a ceiling fan that's making noise or doing something wonky. Um, These things can't always just be passed off to somebody else. That's not great customer service. We have to be able to handle some of that in-house. So, well, and speaking of that, I think a lot of us showrooms, uh, need to make sure we have a service person on staff, whether it's a, a a retired electrician or an electrician that really just doesn't want to work in the field every day, but has a lot of knowledge and expertise. Um, I am lucky beyond measure that I have an excellent electrician on my staff. He pulls double duty. He also um, does our deliveries. But um, I honestly don't know what I would do without this employee. He is just amazing. When I get displays in for the store, I place them where they're going to go. He doesn't even have to ask me anymore what height it needs hung at, what kind of lamps it needs. He's just on it. Um, And I'm so thankful to have him. And I do have to give a lot of credit to this thought of having a service person available. Um, He improves my customer service just by being able to answer a question or you know, when we get stuck with that, uh, this is the second bad fan in a row. No, the labor to install the fan isn't under warranty and you just need to make something right for a customer. Um, it's super handy to have David available, um, to just run out, get that done for a customer and let's all move on with our lives instead of having to go around and around and get, try to get, uh, with the manufacturer and get it all sorted out. Y'all know how difficult and time consuming that can be. So that has been um, just something that's been a real savior for me and my business. And I think is something that's a, a positive step. A lot of us can take um, as showrooms, you know, I, and I said, uh, David and my uh, electrical technician, my electrician, he um, also does deliveries. I've been thinking about, we've been talking about data and getting information quicker and order updates and all of that. A lot of that goes for our own in-store operations for deliveries too. You know, the quicker we can be with deliveries, the more agile um, it comes in today. We can deliver it to you tomorrow. I mean, some of this is cost prohibitive and that's also something to consider, which is why I love all these dropship programs that were created Um with the because of the pandemic, but are also really super beneficial every day inside my store. Because if it is a retail customer and they just want one fixture, we can drop ship the fixture to them. They can walk out the door with their light bulbs and dimmer, and it's a great sale, easy, and the customer gets their product in just a couple days. They don't have to come back to the store, and I don't have to send my delivery person out with it. And so that's a savings all around. Even if that dropship fee to do that is five, ten dollars, I that's a better that expense is still saving me money over the gas and sitting in traffic and an employee gone for all that time. You know, it just seems to work out so well and the customers get their product faster. And that is important in the world that we live in, especially for those retail sales. They're used to the quick button on the Amazon. 
<laughs> I'm used to it too. <laughs> I can't even throw stones. <laughs> I'm used to it too. It's so important. So I'll wrap this episode up. I'm going to get back to some of these topics that I've hit on today. But I think the takeaway from this episode is, A, let's not ever forget what an amazing industry is this is and what great people are in it. And the community that it is is just so amazing. And I really, really appreciate and am so thankful that I ended up here in this job doing what I do. I, I just feel so lucky and, you know, hashtag blessed. <laughs> but the thing to focus on, I think, for all of us is elevating the industry, elevating our staff, elevating our processes, elevating our showrooms, elevating our relationships with key partners, whether that's uh, sales agents, manufacturers. Um, my buzzword of the episode is elevate. We really need to focus on elevating us all. Um, I learned recently, and I, th- I just thought this was kind of funny, but it's really not, that there is a big disconnect between manufacturers and showrooms, not with all manufacturers, not with all showrooms, broad, I'm talking in broad general terms here. Um, And the person I spoke with called it a canyon. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) we've got the lighting canyon here. (laughs) Somebody come up with a better name, but um, you've got a canyon. And we've got to fill that in. And we can, where this is such a great committed industry of people, I feel sure there are ways that we can all elevate each other, we can all lift each other up and close this canyon (laughs) that we don't need to be so disconnected. We can communicate more. And the outcome of us communicating more, sharing information, working together better is that the whole industry is going to be elevated. And what happens then is that everyone's sales go up. Everyone becomes more profitable. Everyone is doing what they want and becoming successful. And that's the goal. So it's there. We just have to work through this kind of nonsense to get there, but I feel sure we can. I know we can. I love what we do. I love coming to work every day. I can't wait to see you all in June. Have I said that yet? I'll say it again, but I can't wait to see everyone in June and everyone in January. I feel sure. So thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Follow the podcast at Light Files on Instagram. Um, If you're interested, I'd love it if you could support the podcast on Patreon, patreon.com slash lightfiles. Thank you, everyone, for what you do. Thank you for listening, supporting, sharing this podcast, and thank you for being such amazing colleagues and friends. I really appreciate it. Everyone have a great day.